friends. Thanks for joining me on Here for the Booze. I'm Jax, and tonight we're going to talk about The Conjuring. Now, I know almost everyone has probably seen this, but we're going to take this episode in a different direction. So grab your drink and Lego. As I said on Instagram, I was on vacation in Florida visiting my family, not last week, but I guess the week before now, because I've just been a little overwhelmed at work, and it's been nice to kind of take a little bit of a longer break than I wanted to, so I apologize, but I had a really great time, not only because of the better weather in Florida than I have up here in New England, but it was just really nice to see my nieces and just spend lots of time with my family because my sister actually lives like four houses down from my parents, so it's a really great uh, treat when I get to go down there because I get to just walk over anytime and it's really nice. But I actually was able to also meet a lot of my my parents' friends and their pickleball friends, especially. One morning, I decided, let's go play. Fairly athletic, although last year, definitely not. So maybe I should have took that a little more into consideration, but decided to play pickleball, warmed up with my mom, was feeling pretty good. If you don't know what pickleball is, it's kind of a mix between tennis and ping pong, And I like to kind of look at it like a stand-up ping-pong game. The rules are a little bit differently, but not really if you think about it because because the court is so much bigger. Anyway, we started to play a real game. And I'm doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden, I stretched way too much when I really should have put the extra steps in and ran like a lazy piece of shit. And I pulled my calf, but I have never pulled my calf like that. I've always, you know, maybe just worked out strenuously and felt like a a calf pain, but I've never actually like felt that pop. And I was super nervous because I was like, oh no, please don't be something serious. Or I was even embarrassed for fucking just getting injured in general. You know, these are people who are in their fifties and up. I think there was one other girl that was my age, but she definitely showed up after I hurt myself. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Um, But yeah, so, oh my goodness. It was, it was crazy. It was funny, but I, anyway, so I pulled my calf and all of a sudden I just thought like, ooh, I'm okay. And then I tried to walk and I really couldn't. And I had to like cut the game and tell like, tell my mom like, oh, like I, I have to stop. Like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Um, so I, uh, it's just, I felt like an idiot. So anyway, so I had to lay there with my calf. Like I just like left my leg straight. Cause my mom is like, the worst thing you could probably do is keep your leg bent and then have your calf kind of just build up all that crap. So I was like, okay. So I'm like literally laying on a bench. Well, not laying, I guess I'm sitting and with my leg flat out and it's my left leg. So of course it's like super awkward because if it was my right leg, it would have been easier, I, I guess. I don't know. Either way, I felt, I was just like embarrassed. And then it just started to get worse. But I think it started to get worse because my anxiety started to get worse because then I you know, I, my parents, I was, we were probably there like maybe an hour when I hurt myself. So like even more embarrassing, but then they played for like another hour and a half and like no big deal. I normally would have been fine. Like if I twisted my ankle or something stupid, but I didn't elevate my leg and I guess I really should have. 
And I kind of just like sat up and left it flat. And then, of course, some dogs showed up. So I just kind of like sat on the ground. But then, you know, we're in the car and kind of like broke down a little bit and was like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, I don't know what I was I'm going to do. And I'd already been in Florida a few days and I needed to wash my hair. So I was even more like embarrassed because I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do all of this? I can't even stand up because it was just so painful and it was like awkward. So thankfully, my parents had some like anti-inflammatory cream and, you know, some really good anti-inflammatory meds. So from Monday until like probably Wednesday, I definitely felt like 80 to 90 percent better. Um, So I was like walking around fully. So that was really good. But I still was super nervous that I did like damage to my knee. But thankfully, like that wasn't the case. Um, So yeah, anyway, so that was really good. And I, I've been a little busy this week, like I said, with just getting back in the flow of work and I decided to buy a new little desk for the corner so I don't have like that ghetto, like it was like a white shelf that was under that green velvet like drapery and then in the corner that my records like just like hung out on was like a cabinet that we never used. So that was kind of good for the time being and I kind of decided to pull the trigger because I've I need to kind of slow down with getting stuff in the corner because the records aren't cheap and I definitely have a few that I haven't even posted that I got yet um so I I wanted to get the desk as kind of the last hurrah until probably like mid-summer because I just need a couple frames to hang a couple pictures so that's what I mean I do actually have a few things to add to it but I added the bats, which, you know, those are on Amazon and it actually came in like a massive pack. So, geez, if you need to know where to get those 3D bats, I have a ton of them and they were so cheap on Amazon. But anyway, back to the episode. I'm already drinking, as you can probably hear, the clank in my Yeti, uh, my plain old vodka soda, just keeping it real, keeping it basic. But, you know, whatever. And I'm going to go through this movie, like I said, a little bit differently. And I I don't really want to talk about specific scenes. I don't want to do a play-by-play like sometimes I do. I figured most people and most of you have more than likely seen this. So let's discuss this movie in a little bit of a different tone. First things first, it's no lie that I love a good musical. Yes, you heard that right. Among horror movies, I love, love, love musicals. Being a form of band geek and lover of old movies, I was introduced early on with West Side Story. And then band in high school just solidified that love when we played show tunes all the time. And oh my God, I was such a huge dork. It just, it gave me chills. It was just great. But seriously, I I really enjoyed band and the friends that I made and I had a good time. (laughs) And then when Pitch Perfect came out, it was like the perfect combination of sorority life and band. One of my favorite things to do is get loaded and actually either watch the movie or just YouTube certain songs and sing to them. And oh my God, I've totally actually caught my husband in his office listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, I have. Totally. I wish I could. I Next time I need to just get on video because it's hysterical. But he loves the part when the older men who are already like not, you know, they graduated from college are at the I don't know if it's the regionals, but it's like the first competition. So I'm thinking it's the regionals that the guys win. And they're in another acapella group on campus. And after the guys win, you see them singing. It's kind of just like booty work, booty work. That stupid song that they sing. And uh, the part where the guy from Scrubs and Clueless is like, like chopping his hands in the air. Oh, my God. Anyway, 
Back to Patrick Wilson. Now, if you did not know that he played Raul in the movie version of The Phantom of the Opera, he did. <laughs> he was Raul, and yes, the studly, mid-length hair man is him. <laughs> Ugh, that's probably my favorite musical of all time. We played it in band. My sister sang it, or, well, my sister sang Think of Me in chorus before I was in band, and I saw it on Broadway my senior year of high school. We sat so close. It was amazing. And I don't even think that was the quote-unquote cast. I think it was like all the understudies because it was like a Tuesday or something. I can't remember when. It was definitely not a normal, like it wasn't, it was just perfect. I remember we all stood up and we were like just, oh my God, it was incredible. I remember we all got like dressed up and it was really fun. It was really fun. So Phantom of the Opera was from like 2004. So my whole life I've, you know, just always loved that movie. So when the Conjuring came out in 2013. I was in, like, whoa. I was immediately intrigued and hoped and wished it was secretly a musical. But alas, it was not. Well, he sings a little bit for the kids, but no love ballads. And he actually sings in, like, the second one. It's not really even the first one, I think. But it's still just a really, he's just a really great actor in general. I feel like in Insidious, he's really great. And even in Phantom of the Opera, it was really good. And I really don't think I saw him in anything. I, did, I honestly didn't check his biography before doing this, but I don't remember seeing him anything before Phantom of the Opera. But this was, you know, a really good role for him. And I think James Wan had really, you know, found a good niche for Patrick Wilson because he does play these dramatic roles in these horror movies that aren't just... What's that word? Superficial. He's not a superficial character at all. So some fun facts about this movie. Most of this movie is true for The Conjuring. Absolutely. Most of this movie is true. Both the Warren and Perrin family signed off on the movie. Ed Warren, unfortunately, passed away in 2006. But his wife, Lorraine, had still been all right with everything that, you know, they wanted to do with this movie. The room where the possessed items is actually real, and if they did turn it into a museum. I'm not sure because of the pandemic if it's still open. That's a little unclear to me, even though it's not far from me. But I'm hoping with things being, you know, better in the world that it will get lifted and I can take some, you know, trips and things like that, because that will definitely be one of them. Because it's in Connecticut, if you didn't know. The museum is actually in the basement of their home. In this little museum, there's an organ that plays on its own, a mirror that is said to summon spirits, and a coffin that it, that was owned by a modern vampire. Annabelle is, of course, there, but it's not the doll that we all know as Annabelle. Most of us know that it's the actually the Raggedy Ann doll, <laughs> which is not scary, and it actually kind of made me laugh so hard when I found out that it was Raggedy Ann, like, because how, how unscary is that? You know what I mean? She's a fabric doll. You know, the porcelain dolls always kind of, or those dolls that had the real features always kind of made me a little eerie, but never raggedy in. And once a month, a local priest blesses the room to keep the evil at bay. The opening scene in The Conjuring is how they really acquired Annabelle. Two nurses did come to them about the doll, and the only thing in The Conjuring that was embellished a lot was the exorcism that takes place at the end. One of the daughters does claim she saw the mother possessed. She secretly watched a seance and heard her mother speak a language she didn't understand. Her chair levitated and then she was thrown across the room in it. So I'm not sure about 
exactly how they were able to, they didn't really say how they were able to kind of get things a little bit clearer with the family, but I'm sure it had to do with not an exorcism per se, you know what I mean? But I'm sure the Warrens were, I'm not sure, you know what I mean? To be honest, they, I didn't really read too much about that, but this movie was the highest opening weekend for an R-rated horror movie. This film was actually in works for 20 years. It was almost called The Warren Files. I would not have really liked that because I didn't really think that the movie should have been about them. I I liked that it kind of went about the families or it was about the families. The now owners of the home in The Conjuring sued the producers since they their home became a tourist attraction after the movie. And I guess the production team did not tell them they were making this movie. Which seems a little fishy to me, but maybe they just didn't tell them. I, I guess maybe legally they didn't have to. And that's kind of one of those sketchy things that lawyers find out and tell you about. You know, those loopholes. <laughs> this is actually the first James Wan movie without any input from Lee Winnell. They made Saw together in 2004, Dead Silence, and Insidious 1 and 2. After that, there aren't any more films from the two of them. Lee directed The Last Insidious by himself, Juan did Aquaman and the seventh Fast and the Furious. And Lee Winnell actually also did The Invisible Man, which was from 2020, which I thought was, we rewatched that actually a couple nights ago. And I was like, yeah, this was really good. Really good. I wish there was a little more like tricks of The Invisible Man. Like, I guess like I, I expect it to be like the 20s one or the, um, not the 20s one, but the 40s or whenever the one that was made where it's like super cheesy and like things move in the background with the wire and they're like floating. And this movie doesn't have a lot of that and has a little more of instances where he's moved things without her knowing. So I, it's, it's still really good. Lee Winnell, James Wan are both super, super talented directors. I just think it's a little weird, so I'm not sure if... Juan wanted to, you know, like I said, he did Aquaman in the seventh Fast and the Furious. I don't know if he didn't want to just be known as a horror director, which is okay. So good for him because the, both those movies are fairly successful, I'm pretty sure. So that's okay. <laughs> Ryan Gosling was in a band in 2009 and their music, his voice can be heard in this movie. Dead Man's Bones in the Room Where You Sleep plays about halfway through the movie. So if you can find that, that's that's Ryan Gosling singing. But he's also in like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, those crazy Canadians and all their side gigs. No, but, you know, I thought that that was kind of cool. And, you know, this movie is so effective. It's it's a little bit longer. It's a little over two hours. So for, for a lot of people, they feel that it can be boring. But I will say that it doesn't really... You just have a lot of interaction with the family, so there's a lot of comparison. So you can see the beginning of the movie, how the family interacts, and then toward the end, how things start to really fall apart, and then you just start to notice things. So I think that that's what kind of makes this movie awesome, too, is it, it has a, a nice burn. And I wouldn't say it's slow. It's constant, I guess is the word. It, it, it definitely like has its moments of like, the jump scares and feeling like a climax and then feeling like we're good. And you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that in this movie and the actors that they picked were just perfect per usual, you know, and all of them right now, like you'd recognize a lot of them. I love the, one of my favorites, you know, jump scares in this is when they're playing the clap game and all of a sudden there are those random hands that come out of nowhere. Oh my God. And 
Uh, I just, you know, I, I guess I'm not surprised because Insidious, which is from 2010, it, it has some great jump scares. And I'm really not surprised that The Conjuring would too. Because I feel Insidious is super scary. For PG-13, oh my goodness, absolutely. And I think that they carried that really well in this R-rated. Because you can escalate that a little bit. And you can keep it constant, like I was saying. The tension that you feel is good. And that's what I think they had to, that's why they had to keep it R. (laughs) And this movie, you know, ends on a high note. But it also opens the door for another tale, which is nice. And apparently we're getting a third, so I'm super stoked to see what the third one's going to be about. I feel like I heard, and I, I would rather not know, you know, I don't love to watch trailers because lately trailers do include too much for me. And my mom always yells at me when I try to make her watch a trailer. But sometimes you just need to watch a little bit of it and just to get a feel for it. Or at least read a small little blurb, like five sentences, you know, nothing crazy. This movie introduces you to Annabelle, which is the, you know, offspring of this series, which I think has two or is it three? Yeah, I think there might be three of them, but those are really good. Um, Not as scary. I mean, yeah, they're they're pretty scary. They're pretty scary. I don't know if there are, though, which I feel so bad not even like knowing right now. I could totally Google it, but it doesn't matter because we can always discuss those later, but... I think with the with using children, just like The Conjuring, the stories, you know, have, I think that that's also kind of makes it scary. But, you know, I just really liked how this universe didn't cheapen itself. I mean, I didn't see The Curse of Lyorna. Or, yeah, I think I'm probably saying that wrong. But I, I definitely didn't watch that. But I heard it wasn't too great. So I was kind of like, oh, do I waste my time? You know, that's that's kind of what I struggle with lately is do I waste my time? Or am I going to waste it and enjoy it but just be a little disappointed at some just sometimes movies are just poorly executed. But then the end really gets me. You know, like I just watched I just rewatched Dead Silence. And I was like, yeah, this is why I love like this. It just gets a little weird. And then, oh, got me. Okay, here we go. So, you know, I think those movies, you know, these movies didn't really do that to me. So I'm not sure if, you know, The Curse of Lyon, because I think this is kind of part of that universe, isn't it? If it's not, I'm sorry. Maybe I've been drinking on an empty stomach. Who knows? (laughs) But yeah, so hopefully, you know, the third one, like I said, I can't remember which way they go. But the second one I'm actually rewatching is I really don't remember it. But I did watch The Nun, which is another spinoff of this, because the second one kind of goes into detail and you're introduced a little bit in the first one to her spirit or demon. I guess demon is the word. But then in the second one, they really talk about um, Valak, I think it is. We can talk about that another time. I really just want to talk about this one because I love Patrick Wilson and I really I really hope you guys enjoy the Conjuring movies as much as I do. Because I feel that they're not super gory. They're definitely scary. And they're definitely fun to watch at night. Um, So if you like to watch movies at like 7 o'clock when it starts to get a little dark. If it gets, well, I guess maybe when you're watching this it might not get, might not be dark at 7. But I like to watch these movies when it's a little darker. Because then they seem a little bit creepier. And they have a really great vibe. And I really, you know, feel that the spinoffs weren't, like I said, too cheap. The Nun, maybe not as scary. 
I appreciated that they wanted to go and tell us a little bit more about that, but I felt that was it really a story worth telling in a in a big movie? Should it have just been maybe incorporated a little bit more? I don't know. In the, in the in the Conjuring 2? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember because I feel like I only really watched that movie once. So that's another problem I have is I form an opinion about a movie and then when I watch it again, I'm like, oh, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> maybe I was drinking. Who fucking knows? But with Annabelle, I always thought it was funny that at the beginning of the movie, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to hear about this fucking demon doll. Holy, holy shit. This is going to be scary. This is what this family had to deal with. Because I remember seeing like the previews of the trailers involving the family. But I didn't know like why. And then I'm thinking like, oh, this doll. So then to find out it had nothing to do with her. I was like, what the fuck? Way to like tease us. And then it's not even about what? I I always thought that was kind of like silly. But I guess that's, you know, why the spinoffs, at least the Annabelle spinoff was successful. You know what I mean? But I just feel really bad that I have been a little MIA. So I'm hoping that I'll, you know, wrap up the season in the next, I think, I think we're down to two episodes after this. So I'm hoping to have one more of just me and I don't want to spoil it. So I'm not even going to say it, but I'm hoping that the last one's going to be really worth it. <laughs> I hope it's going to be worth the wait. I really appreciate everybody tuning in and sticking with me and checking me out on Instagram. If you haven't even heard, I did hit 700 followers like a couple weeks ago. Holy shit. What the hell? I, like I said, um, this isn't how I thought that this was going to go. I may not even have that many listeners, but that was just crazy. So I appreciate all the support, all the sharing, all the everything. It's been great because I don't get paid to do this. If none of you knew that, <laughs> I do this on my own time. So that's why. If you're curious why I take breaks, it's because I can. But I really do appreciate everybody sticking by and listening. And if, like I said, if there's anything you want to discuss, drop me a message. Let me know. I'm always down to discuss. Please be sure to hit subscribe, whichever platform you find me on, and give me a review because that helps my podcast get circulated a little bit better. So please consider that the next time when you're listening or right after you listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to leave you kids tonight with this quote from James Wan. For me and my films, I want my audience to experience cinema in its full glory. It's not just visual, it's audio as well. It's emotional and I want you to be engaged with not just the scene, but with the characters. Good night, kids.